This week on the Pushables podcast, all your myths will be busted. One myth busting, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tomo. What's going on, bro? I'm all good, mate. Well, I say all good, that's a lie. I'm not all good at all, actually. <laughs> I just say that just because it's habit, isn't it? But um, yeah, just fucked off with everything at the moment. But um, it's what it is, mate. You know, lockdown and all that is. sort of shit. Well, we'll just say before we came on, weren't we? Just. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 20, it looked like it was, uh, I mean, obviously, apart from people's mood, um, yeah, it looked like 2020 was taking an upward turn in terms of not, not just of corona cases, but in positivity. Um, mm. Not just positive uh, corona cases either. But yeah, all the Biden stuff and that kind of crap coming to an end. And it, no, no, we had, uh, we had a more plausible an- antidote. Jack. Vaccine. Vaccine, thank you. <laughs> and today, I've got, I'm I'm here playing like uh, Zelda. Uh, yeah, Zelda, mate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you have hey, to like, do. You stung, like you got stung by a stinging nettle. I need an antidote. <laughs> no, we mate, just got to collect enough nice. berries, and we we got to get the yeah, berries to it. make them in. Then we play a little flute around uh, a cauldron, and then we will get the antidote. No. Just no, me? that's not, right. Right. Okay. That's not that, it, I don't think. I mean, that is why I lost my uh, position. I might be hired by Trump. Uh, I don't know, but um, that's why I lost my position in the government. Yeah, it's just... Um, I don't <laughs> know, like, I, I, at the start of it, I was all very much like, yeah, control what you can control, and, and it, again, but it's just hit me, I think, and I just can't... I just feel like it's just fucking dragging um, on. and We've it's got... Just, we got two more weeks of the two more weeks. No, the English lockdown. Sorry, Scotland have just gone into well, some of Scotland have gone into. Oh, it's just a load of shit. Like that's what I mean. So, but like all of it is just like they're just no one has a fucking clue. Then, like that's what annoys me. It looks that's like what's we. Me. I don't know. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, is it December the second? They don't know. Like? They haven't got a clue. Like they they haven't got even any they're plan. They haven't now. got. They haven't got A B C D <laughs> plans. They've got no plans. They're just. And this is the thing that frustrates me. Is like the first one. The first time, it was a bit more like. Do you know what? No one knows what's going to happen because it's too dangerous to know. But now it's a bit more like like you said before we came on. Like the average age of people dying is eighty one. The average age of people dying in the UK without coronavirus being around is 81. Like, <laughs> really? Like, are we really, like, here right now? I don't know. I just... Anyway, I'm not going to go too far into it. But I think it's also the weather, the dark, you know, the cold, and not oh, being able to do... Oh, the thing, you know, right? Yeah. And both me and Dan basically just, yeah. didn't do anything on the Monday. Um, just sat around, ate chocolate. Oh, just... And just, yeah. Tuesday night. And I have a, quite a productive day. Five clients. Yeah. A presentation no less. Um, and I've had to talk to you for an hour at least. I know. But do you know what it is? <laughs> the, thing, the problem with it is that the things that you do to relax and chill out when, when in a lockdown are boring now. Like, like I said to you, like watching Netflix, watching TV, it's like, so when some people say to you, oh, just don't work so much, just rest. I'm like, yeah, but I can't, like, it's not relaxing because I'm not, I don't enjoy it because it's just shit TV or it's just the PlayStation or it's just watching YouTube. And it's like, yeah, but I've done that now for like two weeks and also the whole fucking year 
I just want to go to basketball <laughs> with my friends. I just want to play cricket. I just want to go and play football. I just want to go and do something it like that. It was annoying, yeah. I played football for oh. the first time in about a year and a half, two years, on the day before we went into lockdown. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the, that was the thing that frustrated me. Is like, I, we, were, we were due to have our first basketball practice back the day they locked down. The day, and I was like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? I we, was like, we managed oh. to get it in a day before. And we were like, all right, lads, this is the first time we've trained all together. See you in four uh, weeks, I guess. <laughs> we're all like never seen each other uh, before, but we're allowed to do that. But tomorrow we're not. It was like, oh, it's just, it's you- just that. And I think, I think you, I think I realized the little things that I did do that was social or that seeing family, seeing friends or all that sort of stuff. I, I, I just realized how much I need it to be. I suppose happy is probably the word I'd say. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm that like normal, unhappy. Normal, happy, go, just like, lucky, Daniel make that everybody knows. But like, loves, yeah. yeah, but even <laughs> like, but like, even with like the rants and stuff, people say like, oh yeah, I just love your rants. It's like, I don't, I don't rant when I'm in a bad mood or unhappy. I rant usually when I'm in a good mood, but it's something that's just, I feel yeah, it's yeah. annoyed me or it's funny. But even now I can't like, I can't motivate myself to film good content on video because I just like, I don't give a shit. I actually don't care. Because I'm like in that bad of a mood. Have yeah, you? But on Netflix, have you watched The Queen's Gambit? I haven't. No. Oh, no. that was good. It's good. We just finished it. I mean, if you watch it, then we can talk about it. But I mean, I've been watching it, Designated Survivor, which started off alright. I started off alright, but it's just got a bit like predictable and boring now. Uh, Queen's Gambit yeah. was great all the way through. Got to admit. It, may, make, it. it makes chess sexy. Chess. <laughs> Yeah. Queen's Gambit Fucking is actually man. is actually in like a kind of an opening move in chess. But no idea. I didn't have no? I'm not I'm not cultured enough for that. Come on. <laughs> but it's more it's more about an orphanage and addiction, to be honest. But there's chess Fucking involved. That sounds de- sounds depressing, doesn't it? I mean it's right on my street. Um everything everything apart from the orphanage and the addiction I like. Um, what else did we watch that was good? We watched <laughs> um The Fall is alright on Netflix, The Fall. Um, didn't finish great though. It was really intense during it, and then it was okay. like really excited, and then it finished really, really. Oh, I, I read something really funny today. Actually, what's the uh, what's what new series has just started? The Crown, The Crown, yeah. And uh, there's yeah. a few. There's there's. Um, I think I was, I was seeing. Uh, so you know the girl who plays Effie off uh, Skins, Kaya Scudder, yes. but I follow her on Instagram, and then she was she was uh, doing about it, and then she got she was like question of her face she was like uh people are messaging me because i'm posting spoilers spoilers it's the crown it's literally history <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like, people are fucking uh, stupid aren't they <laughs> she was like read a history book there's your spoiler oh, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler spoiler this happened a hundred years ago I'm sorry <laughs> idiots I thought um, it was funny but anyway we, we're meant to talk about myths mate so we've got you, well you asked Dan wanted some content on his uh, Instagram so he did the classic ask me some questions of myths wasn't it myths or, or something so within a myth bust yeah, the question was, I can't read it out word for word, but it was some, oh no, I can't <laughs> turn on airplane mode. Turn on airplane mode, I can't be able to turn it on. Um, it was something like, what is, what is something you've heard that you think is a myth, but aren't 100% sure about? So that's why it kind of gives the whole like, well, some of them are like, are they, some of them are actually good questions and they are myths and some of them are ridiculous questions and they're just like, not even myths, they're just not even founded in any sort of science whatsoever. Because usually myths come about because there's some sort of truth to them 
but then right. there's not. But some the of these are just like and Bigfoot and stuff like that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly I mean, that. That's what we're going to talk about for the next hour, guys. Strap in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, so spoiler we're... alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> I'm not going to sponsor. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we decided as there, there, there is, there are, there are, that's good English, English, isn't it? Thank you. Um, I got my, I got my two C's in English. Thank you. And scarpered, um, <laughs> using that kind of old English language that I was, using. um, yeah, we're going to do two to three minutes per myth. I think that's the maximum we need to explain anything. If we've got about 12 to 15 of them. We're about that, I think, can it? I think that'd be a fast paced episode. I got a little timer, so... I think Makes a we'll. For us, it? I know, Jesus Christ. Should we just do the um, the normal? Everybody's alarm yeah. when they wake up, so we can uh, everybody can get super annoyed with our podcast. No, don't 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 <laughs> use your alarm on your phone. Always turn your phone off at night. Always. Don't. That's really loud now. My. Oh, always, always turn. Am I am off. I the only one that turns their phone off at night? Yeah, always. I like to the side. What on Apple, you, you if you plug it. In, my alarm clock. I've got one of those lights that that lights up. But also, uh, also, I've yeah. got a five-year-old. That's my alarm clock. My five-year-old. <laughs> she comes in and wakes us up. That's a nasty um, way called Laura. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. She uh, it's the Laura. Laura. Laura wouldn't fucking know. She ain't got up with that early. <laughs> Always me. Don't worry about that. But um, yeah, no. I if you with with iPhones, if you plug it in. And then turn it off. It stays charging while it's off overnight because most people always try. They turn it off and then they plug it in. And it's like no, that turns it on. But um, yeah, I, I always turn it off. I don't like the thought of having it on all the time. I think it fucks your battery up. Mm, but also, Mike's in Dubai. In my, in my luck, he'd probably fucking text me or ring me at four o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I, just I, I have I have dabbled with uh, my Alexa being my alarm clock, but. I find her too abrupt. I, I, the other thing I want to try and get in the habit of, and the one thing I, again, I fucking hate about this year is that everyone's on their phone all the time, which is like, right. obviously we're just going to be, but it's really annoying me because I find myself doing it all the fucking time. And it's a habit that, because it's happened all year, I've really got into that as a habit. Do you know when like, you, you know when like before you used to do something, you used to go, oh, no, come on, stop doing that, silly. I'd leave your phone behind somewhere. You just do everything on your phone now. Like I find myself every two minutes checking my phone to do something or to, for entertainment. I need to get out of habit. But anyway, um, what I, what, the reason I, try, I started doing it originally was turning it off was so that in the morning when I wake up, I don't look at my phone and go, I've got loads of notifications. I have mm. to actually turn it on. So like I tried before this year kicked off, obviously, getting in the habit of like leaving it off, having breakfast, having a coffee, playing with the dog, seeing Isabel, chatting to her, whatever, and then turning it on. And it, it started off really well, taking 20, 30 minutes to just start your day without having someone else dictate it to you. And then obviously with everything that's going on, you just fucking turn it on straight away. I really need to try and get out of that habit. Yeah, I think it would help all the, day. All, all the COVID walks. And if I'm going to the shops or anything like that, I will always leave my phone at home. So if I'm I going do, to Waitrose yeah. or if I'm going to the shops, I've got to like, pop out something or we're going for a walk for a coffee, stuff like that, yeah. Watch mm. phone is what's the Apple Watch? I'm just not just yeah. like randomly I really not wanna, keeping the time, but yeah, I really want to try and just be like have like hours in the day where I where I kind of am on it and stuff. But I think at the moment it's just so fucking like everything's yeah. on it, everything, everything. Right, we're doing. Yeah, that's how we're socialising now. Yeah. Exactly, anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> anyway, so first question. Three, two, one. Let's go. First question was the myth or. Is it a myth or not? About three and a half thousand calories equals one pound of fat loss. Mm. So this isn't really a myth per se, because in roughly one pound of fat would be roughly three and a half thousand calories. Now, one pound of fat 
or one pound of body weight, sorry, isn't all fat that you lose. You lose a little bit of like extracellular tissue, cellular tissue, like all this sort of stuff. Basically what happens with when you lose body fat is you lose the fat from inside the cells, which has a little bit of water in there and stuff like that, but you actually leave the cells behind. Anyway, long story short, it's a, it's a rough guide to how much weight you're probably going to lose. If you're in a three and a half thousand calorie deficit, you lose roughly a pound. Now, calories in calories out is the fundamental rule of fat loss, but it's obviously a very changeable system. Your body's dynamic in that you will not always burn 2000 calories a day. You will not always eat two and a half thousand calories a day. It will vary up and down. So it's a kind of a ballpark figure that people have put out there, which again is based on the numbers and multiplying the number of calories in a gram of fat and then how many grams are in a pound of fat body fat right so it's, it's pretty reasonable to suggest that it'll be around that sort of number um but it's by no means a hard and fast rule that you have to do that and also because we know that when you lose weight on the scales it's not always body fat so you can't judge say for example you lost two kilos in a week that doesn't mean that you're in that would be four pounds that doesn't mean you're in a fourteen thousand calorie deficit that week because there's more to it than that um but that's why roughly people say 500 calorie deficit a day because it would lead to roughly a pound of weight loss. But if there's so many things that go into it that I wouldn't really worry too much about trying to calculate it, it'd be so fucking hard. But it's a, it's a pretty good ballpark figure. Yeah, I think it's it, that kind of, that loose rule, I'm always just, I use it as that. And basically, all right, all right we're going to aim for, if we want a steady amount of weight loss, we're going to, put that number spread it out for the week are you okay eating more or less on each day or you want constant boredom um yeah then crack on and that's a yeah, good full disclosure good... full disclosure i never have calculated it and sat down and gone right we need to be three and a half thousand or when i look at someone's calories and work out a deficit have i ever like tried to calculate it per day or per week it's literally just a case of i look at the numbers look at their assessment look at where they're at and go this is what i think they need based on their adherence based on their check-in based on so many other things There's so many other things go, you've got to think about their total daily energy expenditure all that kind of stuff whether they're moving around all this kind of stuff it's just like it, there's so many variables that go into that ballpark figure yeah. of just being like oh we need the 500 calories all right from where well because it because again, if someone if someone's maintenance calories or someone's you know maintenance calories are around 15 1600 that doesn't leave them a lot of room no like put you might put them on a thousand calories in a day. Whereas if you were to have someone who's eating three thousand calories a day, you might a five hundred calorie deficit for them might be too small. You might be like, well, actually, we can go a lot harder. Why would we not? Like you might as well. So it's also down to body weight and, and size and stuff as well. So covered that. Moving on. Myth two. Myth two. Can you build muscle in a calorie deficit? Yes. Next one. Yes. Next one. That was easy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you can. Of course you can. Like it's, it's harder and it's not as optimal, but you can do it. And it also comes down to um, the amount of fat mass you have, the amount of muscle mass you have, your training experience, those things come into it as well. So the earlier on in your training's age, I'll call it, um, you're more likely to build muscle um, in a calorie deficit. Likewise, the larger you are, more body fat you have to lose, the more likely you are to put on muscle in a deficit because you have more readily available energy. As you get leaner, so like bodybuilders down at like 8 9% body fat will find it very, very difficult to gain muscle in a deficit because A, they're highly trained, highly, highly trained, unless they're on drugs. They're, you know, Drugs is obviously a separate thing. Even naturals, they're highly trained and also they don't have a lot of body fat. So their overall energy availability is a lot, lot lower. So it's unlikely that they will. Someone like myself, after this year, for example, of not really training very much or very hard, next year, 
I could gain muscle and lose fat at the same time because my body will respond very, very well to it. Um, so there's so many factors that come into it like that. But um, as long as your protein is high enough and you're training hard enough and you're training for strength and you're getting stronger, you'll be, you have a, more than enough potential to be gaining muscle. Yeah, the, the interesting argument here is um, this is one I've pitched to a fellow educator. I guess we've had this back and forth slightly because he, he would always say that, and I'm, I'm, I'm falling this side. So if, if you're ended, he would be like, you can basically get there on a maintenance. He reckons that you can get there on a maintenance, but you can't gain muscle. Um, and that makes your performance go up. But then my, my thing was that, all right, yeah, you eat to maintenance, but then you were in a deficit anyway. So you've gone to, if you were in a deficit, you're trying to build muscle, then you go to maintenance, but then your performance grows up. So you've actually burnt more calories than you probably were. So therefore you're now that maintenance phase was a deficit, which is about rebuilding your diet, right? So you're, um, so you actually, if your physical burn or like you're pushing harder, whatever, cause you've increased your calories slightly, which was a maintenance, you're actually in a deficit because your maintenance that you, you just reintroduced it. That's why dropping your calories is super low and then building them back up, but keeping your energy levels are actually going to go back up, back up, back up. So you can do more movement on slightly less calories, but you can build it back up. If that makes any yeah. sense at all. Um, Again, like it's one of those where this, so you can the size of the deficit. Change, yeah, well. you can change it in, in and about. So yeah, just blanket saying deficit. Of course you can, like one calorie. All right, brilliant one calorie deficit, I will be able to build muscle. But that's obviously yeah. being facetious, right? Um, but yeah, obviously even with, down to, that's, even down that's to the side two, effect of whack your protein up. Yeah, I think that's the probably thing. Is like even down to, down to three, four, 500 calorie deficit, you can probably build muscle. But I think as you start going to, if you did like a thousand a day, like you did a crash diet, mini cut, unlikely at that point. But again, like protein, it, oh. it's all down to, no, let me just finish stop, this point. Stop, stop talking. <laughs> basically if you've got the signal if you've got the signal to stimulate muscle protein synthesis which is training and you've got a net positive nitrogen balance i.e you're eating enough protein to prevent muscle breakdown you will gain muscle there you mm -hmm. go next myth certain foods being fat burning are certain foods fat burning foods um, um... No. no and yes no I'm going to say yes they are they are certain foods are fat <laughs> burning. Are fat burning in what you're saying because the they're so basically in calorie that the no 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 not like that not like not that that's not like how I interpret it anyway. effect of food is no so not like high. celery being negative celery yeah, yeah negative calories yeah. I'm burning more than I'm eating you're like fuck off. no so basically what happens <laughs> with your body is your body is um your body will burn whatever fuel it's given so uh, the way I uh, the way I describe this as an analogy it's kind of like a hybrid car like a Prius, whatever it needs at that time point, it will, it will, it will use, right? So you've got obviously petrol and electric going into that engine. If you were to just give it petrol and you'd have a flat battery, it would use the petrol. If you were to take away all the petrol and you had enough battery charge left, it would use the battery. It'd probably be best off using both of them together. That's probably how it's designed to work, right? But it's that whole thing of if you fuel yourself with pure fats, this is the whole argument with the keto diet. Keto people go, oh yeah, but look, I'm burning loads of fat because I'm eating fat. Well, yeah, you are because that's all you're eating. You're not eating any carbs. So if you have a diet that's high in fat, you will burn fat. If you have a diet that's high in carbs, you will burn less fat. But over the course of the day, it will always even out so that if you're in a calorie deficit, you will then burn fat when you're sleeping, for example, things like that. But um, basically with that whole thing is it's just because you're burning fat as a fuel your body is burning fat as a fuel which you can test quite easily using a douglas bag using you know using in, in research and labs they can do it very very easily 
does not mean you're burning body fat. Your body fat will not be used as a fuel until your body senses it doesn't have enough energy in its system that you're eating, you're consuming, and in the bloodstream that it goes, hang on a minute, we need some more. I need to release some of the body fat. Um, another way to describe it is like saying, if you only had 20 pound notes, you only have pound coins, you need to pay for something. If you only had 20 pound notes, you'd just pay with 20 pound notes. If you only have pound coins, you'd just pay in pound coins. It's that it's that thing. Whereas if you had no money at all, you'd have to go into your bank and take money out. That's your body fat is at the bank. It's not about what you've got in your hands and whether you go 20 pound note or pound. Like if you had loads of 20 pound notes and you have to pay for something, you wouldn't go to the bank to try and get some pound coins out. You just use the 20 pound note. Same sort of thing. Is that a good analogy? I feel like it is a good analogy. I just made it up. Um, Someone's so yeah. taking cash in hand. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the pound coins, mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so, so, so from that point of view, if you ate a stick of butter, it was a fat-burning food. Like you would burn fat as a fuel, but not body fat. That's the distinguishing thing there is body fat and fat are different, two different things. Technically. It's good. I'll make the sound. Yeah, there you go. Turn that one off. <laughs> uh, should we do one of my ones? You can do. I've got some training ones. To be fair, you can do. To oh, be fair, training ones. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you have all the. Uh, should I? Should I, I tell you what? I'll go into a training one now, just because everyone's bored of my voice already. Um, <laughs> all, all so the here you go, Tom. Answer, but they'll be limited and short. Right. Yeah. So Tom, <laughs> uh, question uh, myth here is about no pain, no gain. So like in the gym, like DOMS, for example, if you get no pain, do you get no gain? Uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of uh, ways to look at this. You look at this from rehab rehab per, like tool where there's you need like so there is actually a stimulus effect of uh, what theory that you need a certain amount of pain to recover. So that's actually some of the sarcomere tear or whatever that kind of stuff that's happening in the muscle spindle. So in theory for rehab. You, you need to have a certain uncomfortability when you're doing your range of motion or your gain of strength or whatever that you actually need a, a minimal amount of pain to actually push through um, and get back to where you were, essentially. So training can be slightly painful. So there was one instance, for speaking anecdotally, I had busted my shoulder, much like I busted it right now. Remember remember the whole uh, wipe, wipe my face with my 34 kilo dumbbell trick? Um, Good work, mate. <laughs> yeah but there was this was previous shoulder previous shoulder my other shoulder i couldn't go overhead again anytime i train overhead basically don't train overhead if you're tall um and i'd done all the kind of i don't know, normal things i was like all the functional things i don't know that's the, the kind of uh, orthodox things to do i'd like i've done the range of motion i released it done a massage done all this kind of crap and then i went to an osteopath and he was like have you done the kind of unorthodox things like the non-conventional stuff and i was like what do you mean it was like push through the pain and guess what that happened that worked it, perfectly he was like yeah so that's about pain science i was like probably because your tolerance was under say ever 6.10 6 out of 10 you're probably going to push through and be able to get back to where you were but the pain no gain for bodybuilding for doms mm, mm, mm. Strictly speaking, you don't need to be in pain. No, you don't need to have delayed onset of muscle soreness. Every maybe once or twice is probably good. Like every other month or something like that. That just means that you're you've added a new stimulus. But if you get it every single time, so the Dom's effect. If you get it every single time when you're training, or more often than not, I'm going to question your programming. I'm going to question that you've change your stimulus far too often. Therefore, your body has never adapted to that stimulus. Therefore, growth has not occurred, um, which is 
which is probably a shit thing to say for most people because they're like, yeah, I really want to play a sore. This is the most amazing thing ever. But the chances are that you're not allowing your body enough time to elicit a response, to stimulate growth, to gain muscle, and you're just chopping and changing and never getting there, basically. You're not practicing a certain skill over and over and over to get good at it. You're just kind of throwing how many shit sticks at a wall to see what will basically stick, right? So, Yeah, I always say to my clients that in their first week of training, I want to know their soreness levels and stuff because if they're sore on that first session, I know that A, they're training hard enough usually um, and B, that they're doing things that are pushing them to in those sorts of limits where they get DOMS. But then after that point, it should get easier each week and you should be noticing strength go up and uh, increase in performance and then you should then notice from there... So that's a new one um then doms <laughs> should doms should slowly decrease um through that time period um but yeah if you're chasing doms you're, you're probably doing something wrong um yeah. you shouldn't be chasing it necessarily um okay cool next one um i've got another one for you tom but i'll do it but later um going vegan is healthier for you uh so <laughs> we should probably we should probably all be eating more plant-based foods as a, as a country, as a whole, as a population, whatever, we should probably all eat more plant-based food. That's, that's pretty much a given. I think most people can agree on that. Being vegan is not healthier for you than eating a animal based product. For example, there's no, there's no benefit above and beyond, like I said, including more plants in your, in your diet. If you ate animal products as well alongside it. But the reason that most people feel healthy or feel better on a vegan diet, is for two main reasons. Number one, they start eating more fiber and more nutrient-dense food because you're going to because it's plants, right? So straight away, you're going to feel loads better. Um, and you're going to feel probably more energized, all that sort of stuff. The second thing is that because you go vegan, you massively limit your food choices. And because you have a massively limited amount of food choice, you naturally reduce your calorie intake because you just, you just don't, you just don't, certain foods are off limits to you because it's your, it's an ethical reason to, to eat that. So by default, you then lose body fat or you lose weight. And then by doing that, you feel better. Like all of my clients who lose weight, eat animal products, they always feel better once they lost weight. They feel more energetic. They feel, they sleep better. They have more energy. Well, yeah, that's going to happen on the vegan diet because you've lost weight as well as the other bits uh, involved in it. So it's by no means healthier to be a vegan. It's healthier to eat more plant-based food and to lose body fat but then any good nutritionist or online coach would recommend that alongside eating animal products as well. Um, so yeah, that would be my take on it. But, but again, if you're going vegan for ethical reasons, like hats off to you hundred percent, we've talked about before, but the reason it's healthier is because you eat more plant-based foods, you reduce your calorie intake and you probably then as a byproduct of that are losing weight and you're in a slight calorie deficit. There you go. Um, I, say. I mean, Tom's going vegan. Tom's going vegan next year. <laughs> just let you know. um no i'm still interested in the whole plant-based thing because we've talked about this before and does legally legally does plant-based just mean like majority it's plant and then you can crack some meat in there yeah so plant-based just means that yeah like i think if you if you know realistically if we just look at most people's diets um it's It's a weird one isn't it i'm plant-based or you see fruit see like restaurants saying they're plant-based but everything's vegetarian in there. And I'm like, all right, well, that's, that, I, I agree that's plant-based, but you can still be plant-based like I'm 70% plant, 30% meat. Oh, you can be, you can, and this is the thing is that I think people need I would, more plant-based I would argue, I, think if, I was more, I would be <clears throat> that, I'm plant-based. 
but I yeah and I, I, and, and I and i would also argue that i would be and a lot of my clients are as well yeah. i think if you if like i say to most of my clients i want you to get in a piece of fruit and veg at every meal if you can so that tends to mean that if you have a piece of fruit at breakfast you have a salad based lunch let's say with salad or some some sort of vegetables that are cold maybe on there and then at dinner you have two portions of veg that's pretty much plant-based like if you're tr- you know if you're trying to do that that's going to be you're basing your meals around some some plants and things like that um i think technically you might need to look at Oof. having one nice. you might need to look at having like one day a week where you just go completely plant-based but for example like this week in the gusto delivery we had for example i think i i got uh, like a halloumi uh, smoky halloumi wraps or something like that and again it's like the first time in a little while we've not had any meat from in one of the meals but it doesn't mean that I've like turned vegan. It's just like I just fancied it. Because it was <laughs> you nice. just see like, Dan like clawing at the fridge for some bacon and just like, Laura, yeah, let just, me have it. Yeah, let me have <laughs> just, yeah, I just, you're just I just stealing yeah. Isabel's like, yeah, whatever. Billy Bear. The, the, the reason it's become. She loves eating salmon, but um, yeah, I think with that, it's one of those where the plant-based thing. It's it's again the, the reason that restaurants caught onto it is it's it's marketing. It's marketing. Yeah. It's so that right, they don't have to come to a vegan right. restaurant. You know, quick, quick, go. <laughs> go. He's straight away, he's straight are. in there, aren't you? With that, like, don't do that. No, right. no, no. We we um, finished like a minute ago, mate. I've, oh, sorry. Right, All right. We'll, we'll get them done quickly. <laughs> um, intermittent fasting is magic. Is, is intermittent fasting like good in any way, shape, or form? You can't start one. <laughs> Can I? Um, uh, yeah. Intermittent fasting is a tool to help you control your calorie intake. It's not magic. It doesn't do anything crazy. I think what I would like to know if there was any, I don't know, what, how, I don't know, what your blood levels and lipid levels or energy levels are all the way through the fasting stages i would quite like to know that mm. <sighs> in terms of and, and even if there's any more energy expenditure more energy expenditure than normal during a fasted state than not i guess they'd be pretty regular there's no obviously i don't know if this is another myth of like what's the uh the crappy state of like survival mode thank you you're not going to go into survival mode within probably intermittent fastings probably a 16 8 so i'd assume that people are not eating for 16 hours of the day and eating for eight hours a day that does not mean you have to actually eat non-stop for eight yeah, hours a day that's the thing, <laughs> it just means probably you eat all your calories in eight hours of the day and then you don't eat by the way the 16 hours does include sleep so after that it comes a little bit easier doesn't it um mm. so I, I i think i th- yeah I mean, speaking from experience, from people, I have actually done intermittent fasting um, for two months solidly um, on the premise of the 5-2 kind of diet, but I did it more like 4-3 or like day on, day off um, because I came out of uh, my bachelor's degree as a chubby little fucker and uh, didn't really want it to stay like that when I entered my master's degree. So I did two months. Obviously, I wasn't working. I was a lifeguard. So God help anybody that was sitting on top of like any in the pool at that time when I was on a what three four hundred calories. I think on the my fasting day. So my fasting day would consist of like uh, some one egg, some like Danish loaf bread, some couscous, and some chicken, pretty much. And it was fucking terrible. Um, an and yeah, an egg, a sole egg. Yeah, an egg. <laughs> 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 I cracked through five in my scrambled egg the other, uh, yes, on Sunday, I think. Um, 
Yeah, so that was pretty bad. But guess what? Felt like shit. And it worked. Lost a lot of weight in two months, as you can probably yeah. imagine. I bet you fucking um, did, yeah. And I wasn't training very well, so I didn't really have muscle 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 to lose. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's not a magic. It's just an easy way, especially for my mindset, was like more like I'm just gonna do this. These are my simple rules. I'm gonna mm. follow them. I use it for those people who need simple rules to follow. It's like you're allowed to eat here. You are not allowed to eat here. That's it. It's really good for people like that who, who again, some people, if they're obsessed with food or whatever, they just become someone who doesn't eat between these certain times. Oh. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a good way for them to get out of their mindset. That's a good one. I like, I like it. I think, I like it. I think, I think it's probably like how we, well, a lot yeah. of people, I think it's how a lot of people, if we're honest, I think hundreds of years ago, fa- hundreds, what am I saying? Fucking thousands, you know, long, long time ago. Probably how, <laughs> fucking how we ate. Yeah. Victorian <laughs> times. Why not? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, um, I like it. I, I skip breakfast I regularly. Like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying, I think we've, we've said before how uh, you skip breakfast. So Chloe generally only has like a digestive biscuit and like a coffee. That's her breakfast. That's a solid so breakfast. That. Basically, <laughs> basically uh, just skips breakfast. And um, I would normally have a nice breakfast, but I will quite happily like skip lunch. I, I won't eat that much in the middle of the day and I prefer yes. to have it in, at the end of the day. Yep. So I'm like, all right, I fasted really. I'll quite happily just mm. plow through that. Whereas some people like, so my housemate, for example, likes three solid meals. And he, even though he, he's putting on weight um, and he knows that, but he's, but he's very set in his ways of I've got to have my three solid meals and probably a snack at some point. And I'm like, you don't have mm. to do that. <laughs> I was like, it's perfectly acceptable. It's yeah. like, oh, but it's unhealthy to not to eat lunch. I was like, no, no, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Um, are you going for the Olympics? No. All right, then it's probably not too bad, is it? Um, yeah. All right, next one, mate. The next one is, uh, uh, this is quite an interesting one. Um, eggs being oh, high in cholesterol and meat slash eggs causing inflammation. Is that bad? Um I'll be honest, like the the whole meat and eggs causing inflammation thing, I'm not like 100% like going to say it doesn't cause inflammation, that sort of shit. But doesn't any all food, food cause inflammation? Yeah, I was about to say any food can cause inflammation, <laughs> like a lot of fibers cause inflammation of the gut and stuff like this. Um, hey, also, like, like I said note, on my. I was incredibly gassy yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's nice. <laughs> um, but I think I also said this on my on the story that I did about this uh, is that training also causes inflammation, and that's not bad. You know, like it's not ba- all inflammation isn't bad. Um, is what I sort of said to that. So, so yeah, just um, because there are anti-inflammatories, <laughs> guess what? We want the inflammation, the inflammatory response to happen, most likely, and yeah. an injury. So we want that to happen because that means it's going to get better. That's it's how you get better. Yeah. Um, so there's that element to it. And then also the eggs being high in cholesterol. Eggs are, eggs are high in cholesterol, but dietary cholesterol intake doesn't actually necessarily lead to high cholesterol within the body. High cholesterol is more often than not correlated with weight gain and body fat gain. It's more to do with lipid mismanagement in your body and less to do with how much cholesterol you eat. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are on low cholesterol diets who are still have really, really bad cholesterol and are on medication for it and that sort of stuff um so you know it's correlation it's, again, it comes, causation argument yeah it comes down to calories again like and, it, and it's also that thing of like i said before about bur- eating fat to burn fat and stuff like that just because something is high in cholesterol doesn't mean it causes high cholesterol in the body much yeah. like if you're eating a food that's high in fat doesn't make you fat 
it depends on how often you eat that and the calories and all that and then causes weight gain. But the majority of these issues that you see, whether it's blood pressure, whether it's high cholesterol, whether it's diabetes, they're, they're diet related and it's to do with too many calories. At the end of the day, like the problem within the body and the mechanism that causes them, like the mis, like I said, lipid mismanagement or blood glucose management, that comes about because there's too much of a bad thing in your body, which is calories and that causes excess body fat that causes more lipids to be circulating in the bloodstream more glucose because it can't go anywhere because there's too much fat there that's what it comes about from so again it all relates back to if you go in a calorie deficit and lose weight there's no surprise to me that people who have high blood pressure diabetes high cholesterol usually combined you very rarely have just one of them they're usually all relate you know negatively related um and that's why you then, when you lose weight and go on a calorie control diet, you usually see improvements in all those things. So don't panic about it. It's only calories. Calories are king. Shock. And I won't, I won't go into like HDL and LDL and lipoproteins. It's just not worth it. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about no. that sort of side of things. Because again, that's only something you need to worry about if you're overweight and your diet's really, really shit. Don't eat eggs because they're high in calories, not because they're high in cholesterol. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't eat too many of them. <laughs> Have a couple of poached eggs on some marmite on toast, and you'll be fine. Don't have, don't have like McDonald's. Ooh. Right? Yeah, easy. Right, next one, Tom. Yours, your question coming up, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't progress using machines in the gym. So basically, the question was, I've that's all I've written down. But basically, the question is, <laughs> is like machines, machines being inferior to free weights. I think is probably the the sort of question you can't see I mean, good progress using machines. Okay. You can't see good progress using machines. I am That's captain fucking move like a human and everything, but disagree. You can see progress as much as you want using machines. If you can overload muscles, um, you can see progress. You can crack on if the machines are the only thing you're comfortable with doing and you feel like it's easy, it's quantifiable, it reduces the risk of injury, it's super simple, um, it's safe, like people are far more comfortable to going to that, doing a little machine-based circuit, you know exactly what muscle groups are being used, the chances are you're not using compensatory movements, crack on. You will probably build a better physique, not a better moving physique, a better physique, and the person who sucks at trying to do some functional fucking shit training. Um, so thousand percent yes, you can overload, you can do strength training, you can do hypertrophy, you can do muscle endurance, um, as long as the machine is decent and follows a certain strength curve of the muscle or resistance profile, I'm not gonna get into that fucking shit, doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, as long as you're working hard, crack on, you can do machines. I use them as supplementary stuff. I usually use them near the end of my sessions to tax out muscle groups that I want to be used or have been using on certain free weights or stuff like that. So maybe it's a, I've had a lower and upper, like I normally do full body training with not nearly all of my clients, but if there's a particular muscle group I want bringing up, I normally default to a machine and say, I want this movement to get better. Um, because I'll be like, I want this row to get better. I want your rowing power to be better. I want you to get to better at a put up. Guess what? They're going to be on some sort of seated row machine on the back end of their session. Any, any trainer who like says that 
who dismisses them entirely just shows that they don't know that much because yeah. like Tom's example there, like I, I, I always use the example, same example, example, someone's struggling with their deadlift and their upper back isn't strong enough to hold the weight, but their legs are strong enough to get off the floor, but they can't finish deadlift. You don't just keep going, keep deadlifting. You go, no, actually let's do some machine rows. Let's get your back and up, upper back really, really strong. That's going to implement, that's going to then affect your deadlift and make you stronger and move better. As you said, Tom. So there's, there's definitely a, a time and a place for them. And actually, if you're looking to improve a physique, hundred percent, like the Tom said, if you get fatigued throughout the towards the back end of a session, you don't be doing bent over rows. You want to be doing seated rows, with <laughs> yeah. fixed in your control. You don't want to be fucking your lower back up. So it's it's again, anyone who says otherwise shows their lack of knowledge, to be honest, and also um, uh, just a just a yeah, like I said, a complete lack of understanding of how to improve the human body and know that the pieces make up a whole and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I just think, especially, I don't know, I'm, yeah, I'm probably the biggest advocate of free weights and moving around and cables and all this fucking shit and how I train as athletes or whatever. Mm. But I will still spend time and I, I, I see their place and I still use them. So I will never be like, no, you must never use this machine. I'm like, guess what? You can do unilateral training on them. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in those certain positions, guess what's going to be working as fucking hard as possible? The core to stabilize. I was like, they're all going to be some sort of anti-rotational, anti-flexion, or anti-extension machine because that's what has to happen. If you ever noticed on a single leg press, then you're having to keep really hard to keep your pelvis in line on that other side because that's just what your, your body's wanting to turn and push out that way to externally rotate through your hip. That's what it wants to do, but you have to fight against that. So chances are we're probably getting stronger obliques as well. So I mean, you lost enough ages ago. I know. Sorry, that was just actually a thing. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, um, here's one you can talk about because you'll know the answer to this one. I'm sure you will. Um, I can't remember the exact question, but the question was something along the lines of: um, Is it true that you need to drink a, pr- a pint of water in the morning to activate your metabolism? <laughs> what? All right. Um, yeah. Sorry. It was. <laughs> To activate it, yeah, um, I'm gonna go for false. Yeah, that's as, false. Yeah. That is, that is a I, myth. Like I said in my story, I, mean, I said if you're, bre- if you're breathing, least, it's at least a liter. By the way, that's why yeah, I've got exactly. One of these it's not a pint. Bottles. It's a liter. <laughs> liter. We, we've moved into the metric system recently. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, of it's, course it's, not. I don't know who said that or how that's coming. They might someone. be trolling I, you, or I don't. know. No, I think uh, they ask because they probably if someone's probably said it. Probably like, someone said it. It's probably, said, it's probably oh, one of those like you have to do this or like the, the apple cider vinegar. You must drink a pint yeah. of apple cider vinegar with lemon berry juice. And and, and because like, the metabolism can't be good. seen, it's so easy for people to say, oh yeah, you need to do this to activate. Of course they would say that or whatever, but. The reality it's like is COVID. Like, it's like COVID. It's it's rife at ten o'clock. So yeah, it's like if you if you're breathing, your metabolism is activated. Your meta- if your metabolism was deactivated, you yeah. die. Guess, so and it's like when when where are we burning energy? Where is that coming out? Your metabolism burning as energy for uh, your breath. That's why it's so warm. Amazingly, so that's ooh, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, is that one. Wow, that was only like ninety seconds. Well, that was, that was quite easy, that one, to be fair. Was it? I don't know. Um, grams of protein. Grams of, oh, sorry. I was setting my light. Grams of protein <laughs> needed to spike MPS. So the amount of grams of protein you need to spike muscle protein synthesis. So that is the amount of protein you, you need to eat for your body to signal and go, right, we need to build muscle now because I've got enough protein. Um, so it, 
it's going to vary based on body weight alone. So like someone put in the, in the question, like I've heard it's at least 20 grams or something like that. It will usually depend on body weight. And I would guess if I had to guess at a rough number without looking at literature straight off the top of my head, it'll be around a third of your body weight in kilos. So if you're 75 kilos, it'd probably be a minimum of 25. Um, if you're 50 kilo, 60 kilos, it'd be about 20, 50 kilos would be about 17 and a half, whatever it is. I can't remember what the fucking number yeah, is. About that. 18 um, and, and people always kind of, oh, they think it'd be maybe higher than that or whatever. And I think that's probably the minimum you need. What I say to people is like a fail safe because it's easier to work it out is to go with your body weight in kilos divided by two to half it and then hit that per meal. So if you're an 80 kilo guy and you're trying to hit 160 grams of protein a day, four lots of 40 grams is going to be fine. Like that's the best way to go about it because it's easy to understand. It's easy to get your head around. You know you're not near the minimum. You're well over it. You're into the good threshold. You're going to hit overall over the day, decent number. So that's the one I suggest my clients go with. It's probably a little bit lower than that, but you don't want to hit the bare minimum. You want to make sure you're over yeah. it. And I say by going half your body weight, you know you're going to be over it. And it gives you a nice round number at the end of the day to be double if you have four meals a day, you're then going to be at double your body weight in, in protein. So yeah, I, send, I, I, I mean, in terms of protein targets, I do the same thing. I work out what is probably their minimum and then I'm going to give them or not to dishearten them, but a kind of a target that's kind of almost unreachable. And it's just like, you're going to eat towards that. If they get it, then fucking hell they're smashing protein. But, and then I'm like, all right, between this figure and this figure, please. And also if they're a bit under it, you know that they're still hitting NPS. So like some people yeah. struggle to hit their protein. If I say to hit roughly 40 grams a meal and they hit 33, 32, I know they're still fine. They might be like, oh, I didn't yeah. quite get there. It's like, don't worry about it. It's but fine. You have to manage the expectations them, because then that can be a negative chain of thought. They're saying, oh, I'm not doing as well because I can never hit my protein. Then you're like, it's fine. It's okay. Coach them. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, look at your pictures in two weeks. You've changed so much. Just trust me. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. You are amazing. It's fine. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, if you go with like, the other thing is, if you go with the minimum. So let's say in that situation with like an 80 kilo guy, I said to them, right, it's around 25, 27, something like that. They would then have to eat to hit like 160 grams a day. They're gonna have to eat like seven times to hit their overall protein number, which again is another reason why you'd err on the side of caution a little bit higher because it's gonna fit in most people's lives. Four meals a day, four snacks, whatever you decide. Um, whereas eight would be a little bit harder. So that's why I always use that sort of number. Um, I'm giving away all my secrets. My clients now know they're gonna be like, oh, I can under eat more protein. It's fine. <laughs> like, no, 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 don't do that. Um, <laughs> Uh, right, two more left, Tom. Fasted cardio. I mean, should we do? Should we do a mobility one? If you want, yeah. Do you want to do one? You then? can just, you, mate. You can just finish off just rattling through them at the end if you want. I've talked a bit. You can just do three in a row. Excuse me. It's up to you. It's up to you, uh, mate. You I'll go for it. Probably, probably just get one. It was only, it was only because why am I on insights? I've got to go on my saved posts, Daniel. Like oh, I love a safe post. I love a safe post. So many. I surprised myself when I get back in there. Yeah, no, I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll, yeah. I'll rehash this and make it my own content. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got, so there's mobility myths. Um, so these aren't, I'm going to talk about these, yeah. So <laughs> myth, so this is basically the disease. This is, um, there is actually no link. So this is not a myth, this is just science, okay? So then it'll be in terms of mobility training. So there's actually no link in between mobility training and injury prevention in any scientific literature which is i think fairly surprising but i think we can talk through mm, uh, i think it's surprising but only only because 
you'd you'd expect there would be but also i think with that it's such a hard thing to measure correct i, I like what's that study gonna look like like how do you how do you how do you standardize things be like, all right, this person uh, did mobility training for a while, and then we decide to rugby tackle them all, and then it's yeah. <laughs> or put an, um, this amount of Newton force through this hip joint um, in a bad valgusy way, so their knee would buckle. And this person with all the mobility training did really well. This person who did hypertrophy training did really badly. That that would be a study. Yeah. It's probably unethical, um, but. <laughs> Probably, uh, just probably. Yeah, probably. But it's, it's an interesting one because mobility obviously got the, I don't know, nuance of being stigma, of being, oh, you're just doing that for injury and your rehab and stuff like that. So they only do that um, usually um, on rehab. You don't do it as prehab movements because that's loading. As we know that strength training is actually the best prehab you can never do prehab, yeah. and uh, for mobility. But injury prevention, that is probably what you're doing at strength training. Uh, rehab is mobility because usually when a joint shuts down and gets injured, that's what it does. Like the muscles around it goes, yeah, you're not moving because I need to recover um, and I need to make you back off that range of motion because that's pissing me off. Um, that's exactly what your muscles do. So they get essentially shut down that joint so you can't do any more damage to it. Not it's, oh, it's still hurting, it's still hurting. Yeah, it's pissed off because obviously something you've done has fucked it up. So, or over time. So that's what happens with that. Um, so there's an interesting link, but yeah, mobility training does not equal injury prevention. Um, yeah. All right. Move on to another one in mobility. We can crack through these three. So there is zero evidence that gaining muscle means concurrent loss of mobility. So muscle bound. So Mike, for example, he's probably a good example of this. He's a big, a fairly muscular chap. I would hazard a guess his uh, mobility is pretty shit. Mm -hmm. But we would also guess that his mobility has always been pretty shit. Yes. Not because he has had gains in muscle. Um, no matter how more muscular myself and Dan, I think, have had, not that, that's not very much, but we've always been no. good <laughs> and mobile because that's how we train um the chances are because if you've had shit mobility doesn't mean it doesn't can't get better and you can, you can get more muscular and you can get better mobility just because you're getting more muscular does not mean you're going to get worse mobility the chances are that you're getting more muscle because you're training through a certain range of motion the chances are you're getting worse mobility because you're not training through the full range of motion that your joint will allow um and that usually means that somebody's been chasing load a little bit more and chasing over that over probably stretching the whole muscle group over its range of motion. Usually what it means. Um, there are like massive guys and stuff like look at like Hunter fitness, whatever his name is. He is freakishly mobile, um, but he's pretty stacked still. Um, there's plenty of guys that can move and you look at some of the NFL guys, they can fucking move and they're pretty mobile, yeah. but yeah, they're stacked as fuck. Um, so yeah, it's not just because your muscular does not mean you need to be immobile. They go hand in hand because that's the muscles basically just move the joints. <laughs> so they do, they can impede, but yeah, no. Cool. I think those two are done. Yours, Dan. Yeah. What's the last one? Oh, you want me to do one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, fasted cardio, myth or real? <laughs> it definitely exists. 
So definitely real. Of, people do it all the time. <laughs> people yeah. do it a lot. Um, yeah. Whether it's more beneficial or not, you can do it if you want to do it. You don't have to do it if you don't want to do it. No, it's just a preference thing. If you don't like training on a full stomach, don't. If you like um, training with fuel inside you, then do it. Simple. Um, it's literally a straightforward. I wish I could make it more complicated, but it is literally I, that I, I will always ask my 7 a.m. clients if they've had breakfast, and I don't really care what they said. <laughs> Guess what? Nah. I'm just finding out what they've had for breakfast because I've just eaten a nice breakfast and want to talk about my breakfast. Um, yeah, it's... it's... So like, te- I, and I think it's one of those things where it's like the next question is a bit about um, like eating before you train all that sort of stuff. Oh, let's um, go into that one. Let's reset the three minutes. So is, is that a couple? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go. So basically, um, so the next question was working out before you eat, does it burn more calories if you, you know, work out, get fasted, work out? Okay. And actually, the, the, the actually with that, the answer is no, it actually is less because if you there's a theory that obviously not theory it's true if you have <laughs> calories before you train that you have more readily available energy to then train harder in that session to burn more calories in that session now it doesn't mean anything if over the day you eat the same amount of calories it doesn't make any difference um but this is the whole thing with fasted cardio and fed cardio comes in it's like actually if you were to do fed cardio and burn more calories in that session or run quicker or or, or burn more calories because you ran quicker or you could go for longer. Is that better or worse? Like you've had the calories, you've not had the calories. But again, the reality is it doesn't make a fucking difference over the course of the day. What matters is that you train hard. Now, I would always recommend for the majority of people that they eat before they train because they're going to feel some sort of benefit from that. With the caveat to that being that if you train first thing in the morning, you might not want to. And that's fine. If you're used to that and if it's in your day there, fine. Not a problem. But I find the majority of people who, even when they're dieting, you can put them on a certain number of calories. You say to them, I want you to have out of your 200 grams of carbs, I want you to have 40 or 50 of them before you train, hour, hour and a half before you train. The amount of them that go, oh my God, I feel so good in my sessions, I train really well. Then the amount of them who try and hoard all their calories for the evening and eat really light, protein, um, fat through the day, get to two o'clock, try and train, and they're like, I feel like shit. I'm like, yeah, because you don't have any ready available energy. I'd rather you move those carbs before you train. So that's why, again, if you speak to like bodybuilders and stuff, they'll put a lot of carbs around their training session, do a lot eat a lot before they train so they have that ready available energy so um i would actually recommend you you go into energy into sessions fueled so that you can get stronger gain more muscle feel better about it and then be hungry later on in the day but right so there, there there was a piece of literature i'm not too sure who it was by and then i hazard a guest it was Schoenfeld or krieger um because it's just the research that they probably fucking did because it usually is <laughs> yeah they have the largest amount of funding so therefore they produce the most solutions um <laughs> and it was done on pre post and intra based uh kind of protein or um and uptake or intake and basically that the the, uh, the pre and intra showed greater gains than the post protein. Uh, basically, they'd be almost fasted before, so they're not eating anything, and then having their meals or shakes or whatever post instead of having it before or during. So, because the uptake's already there, so the energy they probably trained harder. They're probably like, even though they're still doing the same workouts because that was what they were doing. Yeah, high money. Um, yeah, but because you've had the energy intake pre or during. And the energy's there, ready to be used. You kissing your dog, and um, yeah, the dog. <laughs> they've uh, what? Well, not on their lips. And I'm just I'm I'm on Zoom, and Dan's making out his dog. Oh, by the sea. Yeah. Oh, 
She just walked in the room. <laughs> I haven't seen her for about an hour and a half. So I just thought, you know what? Oh, bless you. Bless you. She just but anyway, my yeah. face. It's not really a kiss, <laughs> is it? She's just licking my face, <laughs> mate. I saw, I saw you looking back. Basically, Dan's been French <laughs> halfway through this. Um, yeah, basically, if you want to do pre or during, you generally have more gains because you train harder. Not because the calorie, yeah. because the calories are pretty much the same in the meals. Well, they were the same because it was a fucking study. But yeah, they trained harder, so they got more muscles. Generally, happens. Boom. Yep. Right, you got last there you one. Go. That's it. No, that was it. That was the last one. That was the second. That was well. That was faster cardio was one, and then working out. Oh, right. you sorry. Eat. That was another. <laughs> done, mate. Boom. I think that will end the show, mate. Actual uh, content for a, for a change rather than us just rambling about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you made it to the end of the episode, well done. Um, we've already, well, I've got a webinar happening Thursday the 19th at 7 p.m. British time, GMT, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think we're already at about 150 signups. So obviously there's going to be less people in this one because the last one was about business and this one's about training. Nobody needs to know about that. So yeah, it, it normally Still. happens. Business ones and nutrition do better than training. But it's what's going to set you apart though if you know how to help people at home when they train. Exactly. I mean, this Not one's good. This one's good in terms of we're going to talk about that. But probably if you're going to, I mean, go to both obviously, but the, the next one, um, I was like, actually writing this. I was like, yeah, this is probably the top. I'm going to go two percent of online trainers do the stuff that I'm probably going to talk about in that one. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, and it's also it's something that Dan does. Believe it or not, I mean it's crazy, but that'll be about screening. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy, crazy stuff because you don't need to do that when you're, you're an online coach. Lol. Um, but yeah, it might help you out a little bit. But we're talking about yeah, um, changing gym-based workouts to home training-based workouts and actually discussing... Um, I'll be doing a needs analysis live. Shit. Check um, you out. I know. I think that's yeah. a massive thing. If people are like assuming that people are working out at home, but then I'm like, I want a video of you, I want a video of you doing that. Like, send me a video of you doing that. Like, I want to see a video of you. Like, you <laughs> yeah. I want to see oh, a video of you doing crack it. Crack on. Like, <laughs> show me that. What's that? Show what me that video. Shit you just did. Um, this is the first yeah, time I've done funny, like... Yeah, it's just funny, like when you you ask clients to see videos of certain movements and, and you know how much you can pick up and how much you can screen people just by looking at their movements. Like it's mm, it's crazy. You're not it? doing it, but it takes but, time. Yeah. That's why Tom takes time and effort. That's why you can charge higher prices. Um, but yeah, we got webinar Thursday and probably the next Thursday and probably even the next Wednesday. We're thinking, uh, but yeah, have a few on there. Websites up there. Go to my link tree. First one, click on it. Go on PT Collect or PersonalTrainingCollective.com, PTC, whatever, blah blah blah. Buy from us, do that stuff. Uh, yeah, Daniel, any other biz? Not from me. No. Right. Anyone who's interested, actually, no. Anyone who is interested in doing Blitz in January, we are next week doing a pre-sale for spaces. And if they all go, then we will not be selling them again in January, for example, but it starts like the 11th of January. But yeah, you can secure your spot if you want to lose. Um, I think the last, I think the last winner, the female winner lost 31 pounds in eight weeks. Okay, and the man. bloke winner won, I think he lost 33 pounds in eight weeks. Yeah. Crazy. So if you want to like say secure a spot on that, then again, as Tom's uh, said, you can go to my link tree and you can join the blitz waitlist, and you'll get all the information next week. Nice. All right. Yeah. Beautiful. Lots of stuff happening. All right. um, Thanks for listening, guys. And we will catch you next week. See you later.